Welcome back to the King's Buffet. Yeah, and I am Manny, and this is the second part of the podcast about DS, dominance and submission, power exchange relationships. And just like the one we recorded last night, this is from a tiny hotel room in Arco, Idaho, with a 30-year-old bed. <laughs> it's going to get squeaky in here, but... As we travel, we're we're just never going to have a studio. We're never going to have a perfect setting. So, if you hear squeaking, it's not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> well, only sometimes. <laughs> well, at least not on the podcast. Well, I guess sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, we had talked about a general look at DS relationships, which we are absolutely not experts in because... It's, I mean, they're no, not roles that we play. So. They're not roles we play, and just out this world's too big to be an expert at all these. But we discussed some of the motivations behind why people choose that as their role. Yeah, and we probably got a lot of it right. And well, it's not that we got things wrong. It's just that not everything applies to every person. So when we talk about each different type of dynamic, somebody in that dynamic. Dynamic is going to say, "Well, that's not us. Right. We're, we're not saying it is." Right. But now we talk about where we are experts, which is us. Right. So I think there's two parts to this. I think the first part is individually, you as a submissive, me as a dominant. Why? What we get out of it? Why we do this? Why we need this? Why it makes us happy? And then we could talk about us together about our specific dynamic. Just Some as, of the stuff we've negotiated. And this is just an example of how this works. Not that this is anything other than... And we're specifically talking about our negotiations for life, not bedroom play. Yeah, that's important. So that's a whole separate 12 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the actual bedroom dominance and submission. That's, that's different. This is relationship, correct? So let's start with you. So tell me about being a submissive. What is that to you? It's, wow, it's such a big question. The thing that I I most have trouble expressing and putting into words is that I don't really identify as a service submissive, but there are things that I lacked in other relationships that are servicey, like when I did something for my significant other, I wanted appreciation for those things. It's not even one of my major love languages, but maybe that's why it's it's just the undercurrent it's my natural state. I want to be supportive of my partner i but not the main one in charge. I want to be a cheerleader for him or her. I want to be the comforting shoulder when they've just had a rough day and they just need to get away from the world for a second so that they can regroup and and be in charge again. So and and I need and I need the the reciprocation of appreciation for those things. So how is this different, though, than what most people... 
I mean, most people in a traditional relationship would say they like being those things at times. What's the difference? It's my overarching style of life. Like, I just, I get overwhelmed. <coughs> Not that I'm incapable of handling life. I can step into the role and be the one in charge and and make sure things get done. It's just not it's not a healthy place for me to be. I become irritable, I get anxious. It's it just it spirals very quickly and I and I flourish more in the role where I'm supportive. Similar to what like a secretary would do for a boss like I can handle a lot of little things but I can't handle the pressure of the steering big picture stuff so is is it about control so, I mean some people just want control but when you're given or have to take control your reaction is stress when I'm in control I can do it it's just extremely stressful so it's, because what you're describing is, you're saying that is more just a case of, it's a more extreme version of what a lot of people would feel that wouldn't be in this type of dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's just, you need to be able to let go. You hate certain levels of control, as opposed to, I moderately dislike, or it's slightly annoying. Well, and the levels of stress are definitely there for anybody who has to handle situations. But the the thing is that I have strengths that that will apply towards not having those controls and letting somebody else do it. Where other people might get validation or self-esteem boost from being the one in control. So what about being taken care of? Because in a 2020 world, a woman is not supposed to desire being taken care of. In fact, it's often seen as a sign of weakness. Right. So how do you feel about being taken care of? It's something that I enjoy. I, I was always a caregiver in my other relationships. I was, and a mother... So it was not really, like, I definitely got, I don't want to use the word neglected, but I definitely put myself last, and so did the other people in my life. So the fact that in this negotiation, those things are built in, it's also something I don't have to have anxiety over, because it's already taken care of and and discussed, and, and we know where those situations are going to play out. So, is it like you can just settle in and exist and then just enjoy the moment, enjoy the things that are happening, enjoy life because you don't have to occupy space in your brain for the things that make you not feel good? Right. I mean, is it as simple as that? In a way, yeah. I can do the things that I know I do well and that those things will be appreciated and the things that I don't do well or don't desire to do 
we've negotiated how those will be handled, whether it's my partial contribution or totally in your ballpark. So that's what being a submissive is to you, a 24-7, that role. Right. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where when you, I think if you get even just the smallest explanation, it does not seem. All that weird. All that weird. Mm. But on the surface, to an outsider, oh, mm-hmm. it can look awful, not that we care what anyone thinks, but uh, but that's kind of the idea, is to go into to depth a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for me, being in a dominant role, and I, I've always had trouble putting this into words, because it can sound arrogant, it could sound selfish. And it can even sound like I'm blaming other people. Like, I mean, there's a lot of ways this can not sound good. So I'm just going to put it out there and certainly be judged. But I feel like I have complete control over life. And the only thing that's ever tripped me up has been my relationships. And it doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes or gone down different paths, but even those that there was a failing in the relationship that was at the core of it. It, That's not placing blame. I'm always responsible for my own actions. But I, I allowed things to take part in the relationship that were harmful to me. That could be things that hurt me or allowing things that hurt the relationship to happen. And I had always thought if I could just eliminate these things, I could be happy. I could be so happy if I could just take the bad things out of, the bad parts of the relationship out of my life. As a secondary consequence of doing that, it's only going to end well for my partner. Their life's going to be better. Their relationship with me is going to be better. We are going to have more money. We are going to argue less. We're going to have better sex. Everything about this is going to benefit them. But it requires a certain amount of them letting go of control over certain things. It involves them trusting me. And that's very difficult for a lot of people. Understandably, because I think most people, when they let go of control, they've been hurt. Most and things, definitely. And things haven't gone well for them. And trust can be hard. So it's a difficult situation to be in. But what I decided was, I'm over it. I'm over having things not work in my life. And I'm going to present myself as this type of person who is going to be in charge of these certain things. And these things, certain things are going to go a certain way, either because it's best for us, or even sometimes it's going to be best for just for me. But this is who I am. You fit into this mold. Or you don't. And you're not wrong. or There's nothing wrong with not fitting into that role in my life. But if you don't occupy this role the way I've laid this out, it's not going to work. And I will move on until I find someone that does, or I'll be single the rest of my life. 
but I'm no longer going to get hurt. I'm no longer going to have these things fail me. And that's it. And the trade-off for doing that is there's a lot of responsibility on me. So when I say that you need to let go of financial anxiety, it means that I'm now responsible for making sure that the money comes in and enough of it, right? So I'm taking on a lot of work to make this happen. Right. But that's what I'm going to do. So when we met, I basically, I'm, gonna, I'm paraphrasing, Basically, what I presented to you, and by the way, we have this polyamorous relationship, we have other partners, but we have a, we also both want someone who's our mainstay, our travel partner, etc. Basically, what I said to you was, in so many words, over many weeks or months, I have this amazing life. Your life is going to be fucking amazing, and you're going to be happier than you've ever been in your entire life. I require certain things. And if you're willing to submit in those areas, it's going to turn out really well for you. But I'm firm. These things have to happen this way. And over time we talked about like what those things were. And we'll get to specifics of us. But that was basically it. I said, I know what's hurt me in the past. I'm not getting hurt no more. You know, I'm going to be in a polyamorous relationship with a polyamorous partner. Therefore, I can no longer be cheated on. That's not for everybody. But I will not be in a monogamous relationship where that person has the opportunity to cheat on me. I won't even accept a partner who wants to be faithful to me. Because now, I can be cheated on. So right off the bat, you're going to have other partners. By the way, I don't want to make someone who doesn't want to do that do that. They're just not a good fit. I'm going to find someone who likes multiple partners. I am going to not argue. Fuck arguing. I hate arguing. I hate confrontation. I hate pain. So I'm going to be in a relationship where we talk and we resolve things. We don't assign blame except when necessary to improve behavior on both our parts. We're not going to argue. Uh, the biggest one for me, probably a lot of this was just anxiety. Mm-hmm. Every time in my entire life my partner has become anxious over something, they've been hurtful. And the vast majority of the time they don't realize they're being hurtful, they don't even think they're being hurtful. A lot of the anxiety comes from not trusting your... Well, I... Sorry. A lot of anxiety is just a natural state people get into, and it happens to everybody. But when somebody gets anxious, to me, it, it often comes across as not trusting. Mm-hmm. Why are you being anxious over money? I've never, ever once not paid a bill. Why don't you trust me? Well, and the reality is, objectively, I don't think that they don't trust me. But at the time, it sure comes across that way when they are anxious and nervous about the bills getting paid, it feels like, why don't you trust me? It hurts. And so I was, that's not part of my world. Anxiety is, you know, well, anxiety exists, but anxiety leading to pain does not exist in my world. I also am a very sexual person. 
to me, and this is turns out well for you for because of who you are, but I do not like wondering if I'm going to have sex. Wondering if I'm going to come today or multiple times today or wondering, like, I don't like that. I want sex when I want sex. Period. And that's, that's absolutely not for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which is perfectly fine. They're not a fit for me. But sex and frequent sex and kinky sex, I'll say frequent sex again. Like, that's mm-hmm. a part of, like, that is, that is what I need to be happy. I'm not going to be in a, we have sex once a night after dinner relationship. I will never be in that relationship again. That does not make me happy. So I will not accept it not being that way because the person has a great sense of humor and nice tits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the by the way, I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I'm, mm. I'm saying that that I will not trade off that mm-hmm. good sex is that's it. Not off. Not on. Not on the negotiating block. So that's it. Do you also get a fulfillment from the caregiving side? Yes, absolutely. I I love taking care of my partner. And. I find value in that as a man. I like bringing home the bacon. I like being a hero. I like being admired. I like being appreciated. I want to feel that from my partner. All of my partners made me feel that way at times, but then at other times they absolutely made me feel replaceable. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could do better than you. I'll upgrade. And, I mean, what a fucking terrible feeling to feel. Not appreciated when I work hard. You know, I had a relationship one time where I was traveling, and I had to travel for work. That's how I made my money. And I would sleep in my car in rest areas just to make sure that I had an additional $70 each night to send back home to keep the lights on and take care of, take care of my family at home. Mm-hmm. While I was being told I was selfish. I'm being selfish. I'm out just goofing off and I'm out having fun while I'm working so hard at home. I was working ten times as hard on the road and sacrificing immensely. To not be a pre- that relationship ended. It, it ended in a couple phone calls. I said, I'm sleeping in rest areas and I'm, I'm selfish. You're going to hurt me. By the way, anxiety. It all came from anxiety. The person was stressed out over being left home alone, having to deal with responsibilities. So, yeah, I just, that simply just not, doesn't happen. Period. And, and I guess I was, I'm just being firm about the things I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. I'll say one final thing is that I had a relationship that lasted a while that was, that there was no label on it, but it was very much this type of relationship. There was full trust. It was a long relationship, and the first 10 years or so were very good. It went bad at the end for different reasons, but those 10 very good years, we, we had zero arguments in 10 years. Full trust was granted. I brought in a ton of money, and we both had an amazing life. I was in control. So you have evidence that your your desires resulted in good 
in a good relationship. Yeah, and if I'm not, if, if it doesn't work, then I I will be the first to admit I can't handle life my, without help. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Like my life is good. My universe. Like, you always joke that the universe bends to my will. Like, you actually joke about this, right? Yeah, frequently. But the, but the reason why is because things just always seem to turn out right good for me. Well, the reason they always happen to turn out good for me is because I do the work and lay the groundwork and I put myself in a position for good things to happen. It's not luck. I'm just not... Do you want to tell them about the... Talk about how we're here? Like, not only did our Jeep decide to break down. It broke down in the parking lot of a motel where the manager is a mechanic. Yeah, but we didn't know the person was a mechanic. I simply... (laughs) It was nothing more than uh, I was interacting with this person. Right. In the way I interact with people. I I was nice and I was kind and I was respectful and I'm just... That's just how I treat people. All of a sudden, he comes knocking on our door and says, you don't need a mechanic. I'm going to fix your car for you. Okay, <laughs> but so it looks like what what tremendous luck, but it's not luck. It had a hundred percent to do with the fact that this is how I treat people, and when you treat people a certain way, this is what comes back to you. And then in return, we paid him about as much as the mechanic would have charged. We I gave him money. He came back and said, "Oh, the part ended up costing thirty bucks less than we thought it would." And I told him to keep it. He went, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, of course." It cost us less money. It took less time. We didn't have to pay for a tow truck. We put a couple extra bucks in his pocket. He's got two young kids. I mean, it turned out great for him. It turned out great for us because we got to spend an extra day in this really quirky weird town. But all of it happened. I made that happen simply by treating another human the way they deserve to be treated. Right. I was not prevented that's from doing That's just a little example of, like... You, you just don't expect those kind of things to happen. Yes, breakdowns happen, but... Since you've been with me, it happens every day. It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. but and it's never luck. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's talking about me and how I just want to have control over my world. And you're going to fit into it or you're not going to fit into it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not... I'm no longer... Some of these things are no longer up for negotiation. Right. And the result is it's going to be... F- freaking amazing for you if you just let go and trust well you're that's your natural personality okay so our specific dynamic this is just an example of how a dynamic can work this is not a roadmap by any stretch because there's a whole, whole lot of negotiated areas and everybody's going to have the ones that matter to them and ones that don't and they're going to be on a on the spectrum somewhere of right so this is this is not how you should do your relationship. Right. We went through a book by Devin Stone. It was fantastic. And it was a lot of questions. There were topics like medical and body care. Finances. Finances. Family, friends. So they sex, were all broken down. A lot about sex. And a lot of prompts. And some of it we, we agreed to not negotiate. There were things in there that we felt we didn't really know how we would want to handle at that point, but we would address later. Correct? Right. And there are other areas where we were on the exact same page. So those went really quickly. Yeah. So let's just talk about a a, a few of them. Okay. So some of the ones we agreed on. Um, Money. 
Okay, so I like to make money. I have no problem making money. I hate dealing with money. Like, I don't care. Like, I, my, the, the, the gap between the amount of money I make and how much I care about money is wide. <laughs> I just make enough money so we have everything we need so we can travel full time. And have whatever we need. We don't look at the price of on a menu. We're not rich. So on But we're comfortable. On the dominance scale, the responsibility to make the money is still with you. The and, dominance and making sure that there's still enough there. The dominance scale is you're not allowed to stress out over money or question my ability to make money or do anything that makes me feel like you don't trust. Right? When you don't at no point is it ever okay for you to, to say, oh, you haven't worked in a couple of days, I'm kind of getting nervous, because that to me feels like you don't trust me. Right. Your job is to let go and know that when you need to buy something, there's enough money in the account and I will make that happen. It does not make me feel good when you question that. Right. Just took a little bit of time. <laughs> because at first you went, is this guy, <laughs> is this guy going to do what he says? Right. Is that true? Well, because your way of life is a little unconventional, so it's not like there's a bi-weekly, you know, deposit coming. You know, it's it's a little bit weird. But as soon as I got over that, it's been we, very comfortable. We had to see it, too. We mm-hmm. had to see the way I make money. Right. Like, I, I sit down, I get on the phone, ba 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 mom okay, now there's money in the account, and you go, wow, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. But it also means that I might not feel like working the next three, four, seven days. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. I could work a lot and we could have a bunch of money in the account, but that's not how I want to live my life. Mm. I will simply make the money. And we're not balling by any stretch. But if our transmission went out today and we had $8 in the account, it would take me six hours to make enough money to pay for the transmission. So I also know that I can just tap into that anytime and make money. The point is, is that I like making money. And but you I, don't like I, the management of it. So like making sure the bills get paid on time and making sure the cell phone doesn't get turned off. And No, my job is to make sure the money is always there when you need to buy something. And, and whether it be pay a bill or buy a pretty dress. <laughs> That's my job. Mm-hmm. Your job is to make sure my phone doesn't get turned off. And that if we get into an accident, you're not going to tell me the car insurance lapsed. Right. And to let me know when we're running low because I don't check my balance. I don't want to check my balance. I can't stand that. Tell me when we're running low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll just make more money. And for some people, they might look at that and be like, well, you're not really dominant. But it's it's the authority. You still have, so it's dominant. It's not like you're completely unattached from it. Well, and, and, it's, and you're on an allowance or something like that, even though it's your money. No, I have a responsibility to make you happy. Mm-hmm. It's paramount to how I live my life. I want you to be happy. Well, one of the ways that I want you to be happy, because you've had periods of your life where you struggled with money. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I get to give you in this relationship is you have money. You just have money now. You coming to me and asking permission to buy something, I don't want that. 
I don't want you to have to do that. Now, there are plenty of relationships where that is exactly what should happen because one person maybe isn't as responsible with money or one person doesn't want to be responsible. They want to check in to make sure it's okay. Right. There's nothing wrong with this. There's or we've talked about in previous podcasts about people that have uh, an allowance set up and a healthy expression of that so that there's comfort in, I know I can spend this without having to ask. And, I know and without I'm anxiety, gonna... I'm not going to screw things up. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But in our relationship, that's not what it is. I simply want you to have an ATM card, and you can go to the bank and take out as much money as you need to buy whatever you want. We're not buying boats. Right. But I don't want you to have to ask. I don't want you to feel that tier system of the money. It's our money. So I get that's something I get to give you. It's my responsibility to make you feel happy that you have money. Like I've told you many times, you are never going to check your balance before paying a bill again. It's never going to happen. And because I've been in that position too, and it's fucking horrible. Which bill do I pay this week, and which one do I call and tell them I'm going to pay next week? I mean, most I think most people have done that. Mm-hmm. It's the shittiest feeling in the entire world. Well, you don't have to ever feel that way again. But again, that puts m- me in the position of responsibility. Now I have to not let you down. Right. I don't mind that. I don't mind that responsibility. So that would be like an example where we've just we have different rules, mm-hmm. power. Um, the reason why it's dominant is this is the structure that I created and this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you money so you don't stress. I'm going to make the money. You're going to pay the bills. I've determined this. This is the mold I've created for my relationship. You have to fit into it. And it serves both of us well. It serves both of us well, but that wasn't up for negotiation. We're not, right. You're not going to tell me, I don't like paying bills. Really? Well, then go find a relationship with someone who does. Mm-hmm. This is your role. You know, this is <laughs> this is where you, God, you know, I, I keep going back to this, but there are plenty of people that would hear a partner say, well, this is how it's going to be, and they just go, oh, do you know, mm-hmm. this is not 1950. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what I decided is going to happen. But again, the end is it goes, well. it goes well for you. It's going to turn out really well for you, and all the responsibilities on me. The, uh, another area where we agreed on was, see, how do you dress? Right. So, I like having a pretty girl on my arm. I think people can wear something that makes them look good, and they can wear something that makes them look bad. Almost everybody agrees with this. Mm-hmm. There are certainly people that are unattractive no matter what they wear, they look unattractive. There's certainly people that are, they look a certain way and they can put on a potato sack and they're fucking hot. <laughs> Men and women. No, it's true. So there are people. The vast majority of people, if we're to be objective, aren't either of those two things. No, all right. There's body shapes. There's and... body shapes and there's things that are flattering and mm-hmm. not everybody judges themselves. And so I want to have a pretty girl on my arm. I think that you, I think you're beautiful. I'm in love with you, but I think that you look better in some things than others. Mm-hmm. I think some things show off your your shape and your figure better than than other yeah. things. Right. I don't think you always get it right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now this is subjective. This is not right or wrong. 
but I, I want to have a say when, when we go out with what you wear. Sometimes or I, want the, I want the ability to say, I don't like that on you. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a hard no. If, if you had dug your heels in, I, wouldn't, I would have said, okay, no problem. Wear what you want. But in negotiation. in negotiation, I said, I would like to have a say in that. Mm-hmm. And you said? Well, I want to be pleasing. I want you to look at me and like what you see, for one. Um, but it's also something that I have I have a filter on. I have a, um, a body image issue, I guess you could call it. So when I see my, my reflection in the mirror, I don't always see what is probably really there. Like, I, I like certain clothes on other people and would like to wear that, but that's obviously not going to work for my body. Well, and you're, th- you're thin now, mm-hmm. but you, you weren't always thin. Right. So, and that's not uncommon that you're going to see yourself differently uh, in other times. So, I mean, that's really as simple as that. Like, I don't think that looks good. I don't think you understand how that makes you look. Like, you're thin. You have a nice body. But if you wear certain things, it doesn't look like you have a nice body. I think there's also a current... I've even experienced it with girlfriends going to shop together. Like, we tell each other... There, well, there's kind of two ways like, that that plays out with girls is everything looks good because you're trying to be supportive of the girl. You know, like, oh, you can pull that off. You're, you know, you've got the swing, the swing in the hip for it or whatever, even though maybe it's not the case. You just don't want to give her negative feedback. But on the other side of it, sometimes it's a little bit of like, well, I really wanted to wear that, so I'm going to get it anyway. You know, like... You ask for the advice, does this make my butt look fat? And then you still wear it. Yeah. You know, like, that's, it's kind of weird, but we negotiated that you're going to have that. I'll have the final say. Yeah. Which rarely comes up. But now, as soon as I say that, I have the responsibility of of buying you clothing that I like on you, Uh which is you shopping for clothing and me giving feedback. Mm -hmm. And... The funny thing about this is that that only feels weird, probably appeals weird, because I'm the man who who just told his wife she looks fat in that, and, and what a horrible man who should just love her who, like for how she is and think she's beautiful no matter what, and, like, you're awful. But I've always, and I've always allowed my partner to pick clothing that they thought I looked good in. Why wouldn't I want them, why wouldn't I want to wear something that when they see me they want to fuck me? Right. <laughs> or they, or when they walk into a room, I look more successful, which a woman likes to have a successful man on their arm, traditionally. Right. It's, that's never considered weird. Oh, my wife picks out my, my, my outfits for me. Right. And doesn't want me to wear something that makes me look like, that's never considered weird. But if, but, you know, if a man does it, it is. So I, I'm not a hypocrite. Right. I picked out your outfits all weekend. <laughs> yeah. And I have no problem with that. I want to look good for you. So. But, again, there's, we have a trump card there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's areas where we haven't agreed. Um, I'm sorry, there's... Well, we talked about that. If we haven't agreed, we've either tabled it for later. Right. But a lot of it is basically, it comes down to, 
if one of us only slightly has an opinion about this, we could disagree, but if one of us is really strong on something and the other one is only slightly, then we typically go with the one who has a strong opinion. Right. Just because it matters more to them. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are that's part of the negotiation. Once it's been negotiated who's in control, then it looks like one person is being dominant. But, but it started with you saying, well, I, I, I want to look pretty for you, so yeah, why don't you tell me what you like on me? Well, and another one of those that came from my side was the desire to have some protocol. Like, in our normal state, we don't practice a whole lot of protocol. Oh, so protocol is just daily rules. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I want you to, uh, ne- when I walk into the room, I want you to kneel down. When you address me, you address me as Sir Manny or... Mm-hmm. All, there's a lot of different things that absolutely are part of different relationships and work just fine for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and those are practiced usually to keep headspace, to remember roles, to be reminded of those things throughout the day because it's important. And also, it's important. It's also fun. It's fun. Or it can turn you on, and the more you're in that role, the more sexual you are. Like there's a lot of reasons for it. It's right. But we don't have any of those protocols at home. I think not really. There's in a twenty four seven dynamic maybe a misconception about how protocol works. Like it's not expected that there's high protocol all the time. It would be extremely exhausting to be in that role in that headspace all the time. So it's more like in the military where drill sergeant comes in, everybody snaps to attention, but there's times where you're at ease and you're just being people. Yeah. And all again all of this is negotiated. A, a partner that says, you must do this because I'm, that's an abusive relationship. Right. And when, the, when the, the dominant says, well, I want you to do this because this is why I, I enjoy it or why it turns me on or why I get value or why I think it's a good idea because it reminds us of things. Right. And the submissive says, well, I enjoy that too. I want to be in that role. I want to please you. It turns me on. It's fun for me. So those things are not high on your list of needs. No, I don't. And now there's there's a difference between going in public, in public settings, especially to dungeons or shows or where other people munches, right? Where there, mm-hmm. where there's people part of this community. You had asked me, you know, well, how do you want me to behave at these events? And I said, just be yourself. Well, what, what do you want? This is all part of the negotiation. Well, what do you want to be called, Manny? Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you want other people to address you, Manny? Like I don't, I don't have an ego. And actually, I said that that sounds judgmental. Like, let me let me retract that. It doesn't do anything for me. Right. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care about what people think about our dynamic. I don't need to show that I'm in control. I have, I just don't have a need for that. Mm-hmm. You expressed that is that's something you very much enjoy. Right. It adds to my feeling of being owned to have that expressed in public places where there's other kinky people that know what's going on. And you want to be in that role and you want to show that you found a master. You want to show mm-hmm. that you, and you want to show them what a good submissive you can be by demonstrating it in front of them. Right. And you enjoy the protocol. So I said absolutely. That's perfect. Like I'm it doesn't that wasn't something that was a need of mine. But if it makes you happy, I absolutely... And it's not, well, I'll do it because you want to. It's not one of... That's a traditional way of looking at things. 
it is, you need this? Well, of course I'm going to give it to you. So we will formalize, well, because of COVID, we haven't gone to any events to actually formalize. Right. Are you going to walk behind me? Or how are you going to address me? How do you want other people to address me in front of you? Because you want to elevate me to a status with what they call me. Mm-hmm. You want to, to have this clearly defined. So when we do start going to events again, which we will, you want clearly defined protocol. Right. That's what we're going to do. And there are times in bedroom situations or just when I need a reminder or because of a loving situation, we do add in some of the protocol. So that would be like a middle zone, like not completely at ease, but not high protocol. And we do that kind of just interspersed when it happens. Yeah. Now here's the big one. So sex. Now we're not going to talk about dominance and submission in the bedroom. But the idea of when sex happens, when it's okay to have sex, when it's okay to... It was one of your non-negotiables. That I want sex when I want sex. Right. And I like the fact that I can be accessible anytime. That's hot to me. So this is something you enjoy also. Right. But you are simply not allowed to say no. Right. That sounds so non-consensual, but... Obviously, you're always allowed to say no. Right. right? <laughs> you're always allowed to leave a relationship. You're always allowed to say a safe word. But in our daily life, your body belongs to me. Right. And when I want anything, and, and that is often, I just want to throw you down and please you. Many times or at least multiple times every day, I grab you and just make you come. Mm-hmm. And you don't even touch me. Right. Like, I'm a sexual person. I want to have sexual acts happening throughout every day. It is not about me getting off. Right, we've said that our sex life is non-linear uh, because we don't, like, go to the bedroom, play for two hours, and then we're done. Right. It's Sex is something that's going on all day. Sexy things are happening... Yeah. Either in talk or physically, all the time. We take breaks from playing to eat and yeah. get we, stuff yeah. done. Yeah, we take breaks from sex <laughs> right. to do other things in life. But sex is the undercurrent of everything we do. Yes. And so, it could be something as simple as, we're talking about sex, I get hard, I walk by, I shove my cock down your throat because that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. And then I continue walking to what I was going to do. But there's also a responsibility on your side to respect me. So... If you're in the middle of something, I'm not going to rudely interrupt you if you're focusing on something. We're not going to fuck at your mom's house on the kitchen table when she's in the living room. Right. You know, we're not going to have sex in a public setting where we may get in trouble. That's That would damage our relationship. It would hurt us. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an idiot. But I also trust you <clears throat> that when we're going to do something in a cornfield, we're not going to get arrested. You know, I don't even have to think about it because I know that you've looked at the options available and you're in control of that. And if something happens, you're going to fix it. <laughs> I will fix it, absolutely. You can, you can just let go and have fun. Yep. 
and and then the types of sex we have as far as you know you have a, a couple a very small list of hard nose right everything else is on the table when I choose right you also have the same ability like I'm never gonna say no so that happens all the time as well mm-hmm. the difference is is I'm allowed to say no I just never will <laughs> okay so now it comes to the an interesting one which is other partners right uh, this is we fall a little bit outside the norm in this area mm-hmm. because what's very common always there's exceptions right. but what can what is what is common is that the dominant men in this dynamic I guess it could be the other way around but I we're speaking similar to ours a lot of dominant men do not allow their female submissives to play with other men or if they do they only play with other men when the three of them are together mm-hmm. or in a public setting or if the the female partner is playing with other men they are not dominant men they're either submissive men or vanillas or, vanillas, mm-hmm. or even someone that is very safe well that older guy or that married person or like there's there's a lot of times there's there's just things put in place <clears throat> excuse me to provide security to the dom um and i forgive me if this comes across judgmental but not just security for the dom but often to deal with the dom's insecurity I think it's often the underlying cause of this. Well, I'm, I am threatened by that other dom. That is absolutely not the case with every dynamic like this. Right. But in my experience with the people I've been exposed to, it's often the case. And so that was something that was not negotiable for us as polyamorous people coming into the relationship. But also that I am bisexual, so sometimes there's even dominant women that I might want to play with. So there's all there was just a disconnect on how that had been handled with me on other doms that were considering playing So with, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that that was negotiated well. Yeah, and playing with other women seems to be okay for most male doms, especially if they get to be brought in too. A lot of it's it's just Sophomoric is the word, like oh, I get to have a threesome. <laughs> we found right. we found a unicorn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that that is just something that is okay for them, or something that they find exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I find it exciting too, but I don't find it that unique. We we have other partners. It's easy to find other women partners, right? That's not right. so. Then there's not a novelty to it. It's just something we enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I am not threatened by other men at all so this was non-negotiable for you but this fell right into what's fine for me right uh, completely i, I <clears throat> excuse me i'm sorry the way i look at it i've always looked at it is if i bought you concert tickets or if i allowed you to go to the concert with friends if that was something we negotiated that i'd give permission to do well, it doesn't matter what it is if you're out with friends at a concert I don't want to hear that the sound was mediocre. Oh, I feel so much more secure knowing that it wasn't so much fun 
for whatever threatening reason. Like, mm -hmm. I want that to be the best concert you've ever been to every single time. Right. Well, you're not going to have an incredibly mind-blowing sexual experience with a submissive man. You might actually have fun if there's other qualities about them, or a vanilla can be fun because it's some variety, but right. it's not going to blow your mind. Well, and there's possibilities, but... <clears throat> Typically, that's not who. Typically, you, typically, that's not who does it for you. Typically, I'm the bottom in any situation, so I'm. I need some. I think there's certain skills that I have to top with, but that's not really where I stay. Yeah, and so, so. I want, I want you to. It's no more complicated than when, if you're with somebody else, I want you to have the best experience possible. You choose who that is. Mm -hmm. And if they are a dominant man and they are going to top you and they're going to make you submit to them in the bedroom for that period of time, great. Like, uh, I just want you to have fun. Right. I just want you to be safe and have a good time. Now, where the DS part of this comes in is I have a trump card where I can say no to any person. I can absolutely tell you, no, you're not playing with that man or that woman. Mm -hmm. It would probably more likely be a man than a woman because I don't see any woman damaging our relationship when you play with her. But I, I know for a fact that there are men that would that can. The same way a woman could potentially be cancer to our relationship that I'm with. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Mm -hmm. And, again, this just comes from experience. I, I've, I've been in a situation where a man got brought into the relationship with my partner <clears throat> and we were non-monogamous and we were even open to exploring poly, but that, that person was going to be cancer. There was absolutely no question in my mind whatsoever that if that person is in our life, it would end my relationship with my partner. Mm -hmm. It was not going to end any other way. And that's exactly what happened. And I, I knew a hundred percent. I mean, I, I saw the signs. It's easy to be blinded as a potential sex partner to a new partner. Right. Whether it's because you're attracted to them, you want sex with them, you've romanticized the things about them. It's, it's just, it's really a, a lot harder to be objective. So, I, if I see something that's toxic or cancer, I'm going to say no. And you trust that I won't do this because I'm jealous or insecure or threatened. Right. Because I'm not. Not even a little bit. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. But it's just about, I see something that you don't, you trust my judgment, I say no, it's done. Right. And I get to decide. And as a submissive, I don't have the control over who you choose as partners. You do not get to say who I have as a partner, because that is not a, a, a you don't want that like, at all. You would rather trust me not to make those bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, I am just as vulnerable as you to making bad decisions. Of course. I mean, we're all blinded when we want to fuck somebody. We can all, we're all capable of wanting sex with someone bad enough that we ignore red flags. Right. Like, tunnel vision. So... You are absolutely encouraged to give input into that person. And the thing is, is, I would never not, it's about respect. I would never not respect your judgment, 
if you said that person is toxic, that person's going to be cancer, that person's going to hurt our relationship, I would never say, I think you're wrong, sweetie. I'm going to go have fun with them. Trust me, I can control it. Trust me, I won't let her get too close. Trust me, I won't let her. That's bullshit to me. It's not bullshit to other relationships. It's mm -hmm. bullshit to me. That would be a complete disregard for you as a person, to your intelligence, to your experience, to your wisdom. I would respect you, and I wouldn't see that person. In fact, that even came up once. Right. Where I met someone online that, that I thought was, that she ticked a bunch of boxes. I didn't see her face in the, on the dating app, but she had, she had a nice figure. She was polyamorous, according to her profile. Uh, she was part of the kink scene. We chatted. Our kinks lined up. She was nice. Um, I was excited to get to know her. The three of us were probably going to play together in, in my mind, and it was, you know, she seemed cool. Mm -hmm. And I showed you the profile. Hey, I've met someone that we're going to uh, probably get together with at some point. This is pre-COVID. And I, I pop open the app, and you're like, oh, she's got a hot body. Oh, yeah, that looks like fun. Oh, she's polyamorous. Cool. That's oh yeah. This is. She seems like a really good fit. I can't wait till we get to get. Uh oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you saw one of the pictures where she had a name tag on. Right, and I recognized, uh, recognized her from one of the events. From, yeah, from an event, and I know for a fact that the polyamorous part of the profile description was not accurate because there's a spouse in the picture that doesn't participate in the scene and doesn't know what happens. Yes, she's not polyamorous. That doesn't say anything about how she is as a person. She's wonderful. She's a nice conversationalist. But but that's, in my, in my mind, somebody that I wouldn't trust to play with. For those reasons. Yeah, we're not going to play with someone who's cheating on their partner. Just not on moral and ethical grounds. I mean, we think it's wrong. We don't cheat on our partners. We've been harmed before. But there are adults who can make their own decisions. The reason why is simply because it creates the potential of cancer in our relationship. Right. It cre it's potential of drama. It's the potential of people, like, next thing you know, her husband's talking about us and the I'm like everything about it is just fuck it it's not worth it right. this is not this holy grail where oh my god we found a unicorn we can have threesome sex with we we mm -hmm. we get no forget that the well and in that case I didn't even tell you that you had to end that that interaction I just informed you of that situation and I left it alone and then I'll, well but right there as soon as you told me that she, oh she's not polyamorous I said oh swipe delete Right. There was no question. We didn't. We're not going to debate this. You know, it, it was. If if we debate this, I'm almost arguing for my case because she had nice tits. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's it, right? And that's right. stupid. That's not how we're going to do things, because I respect you. Right. So, we have our. You are not allowed to tell me no, right. but the end result is the same. We have two people, and and they both have to be okay with it. For the right reasons. Right. So this is just some of the things. I mean, we've negotiated all different parts of our power dynamic. Right. And some of them can look wonky. But are you happy? I am happy. I'm happy. Do we argue? Not, not at all. We've won so far. Yeah, we, I think we've had one argument. Mm -hmm. Um, do we not argue because I'm always right because I'm the dumb? No. no. 
there's do you feel like it's been equal as far as the conflict when I say there's no conflict the conflict resolution does it mean you agree with me that I'm right that you don't have a say that do you feel any of those things ever no I feel respected and heard yeah I mean so there's there's nothing that feels unhealthy about this to me it's just we have different roles as equals right but those roles are they're firm Mm-hmm. So I think that that you know, there's way more to us, and if people do find that this is an enjoyable podcast, they're going to get to know so many more letters to us. But that's an example of just some of our negotiations and in the twenty four seven part of the relationship. So, if right. you'd like to know more, feel free to ask questions and message us, and us. please. Until next time, see you soon.